The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. Now here's your host, Arlia Hoffman. Mm, Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And for me, this is one of the first shows of 2024. And it's taken a while to get things going, but I feel the energy moving and I feel good and I hope you're having a good year and just remember, (laughs) stay grounded, stay hydrated and stay connected with yourself and other people. I think that's really, I think 2024 is and is going to be a pivotal big year. I mean, do we say that every year? Do we say that every year? And But, you know, it's just, I'm not sure we can all keep, keep up with the pace of change. So that's important. In my social media life, I ran across a woman who is doing dream analysis. And for those of you who don't know, I have a master's in depth psychology, which is, which is the work of Carl Jung carried forward into the 20 and 21st century with soul-based you know, introspection, working in the unconscious, working in the unseen side and unknown side of our psyche, our life. Those things that come up like synchronicities and things we can't quite explain, but really are fully connected to who we are and the fullness of who we are. And when those arise, they help us learn about ourselves. And so one of the elements of working in the unconscious is the dream world. And there, there are you know, millions of, of ways to work with your dreams to interpret them. A lot of people don't pay attention to them. But in the depth work, it becomes really important. It becomes a a huge tracking system for what's going on in your unconscious or what's coming up or what, what the, what we would call the collective unconscious or the world beyond us is bringing to us to be known. I'll, I'll say it that way. It's, it's a fascinating world to pay attention to. And it's so rich. One of the things I remember from my school days is that once you even suggest to yourself that you pay attention to your dreams, your dreams become much more alive 
and present and you you're likely to remember them. So you're opening, all you have to do is open that door to trying to understand them and it will happen. So I'm fascinated by dreams. I, I am not an expert in them, but I do pay attention to mine. I keep a journal and it becomes a rich source of, of introspection and, and wisdom for me. So I ran across this woman and I am just thrilled to bring her to you today because it's, it's her jam. It's what she does. Chelsea Turpening Coxie is a dream analysis coach who specializes in Jungian concepts and the internal family system. She uses dreams to access the subconscious, to explore internal aspects, and even the metaphysical experiences some of us have in dreamland and daytime. The journey of dream analysis teaches her clients their own symbolic language, as well as finding wholeness within themselves as a self-discovery and a soul discovery. Love that. She is also the owner of Fish London and the Natural Stone Collection, both jewelry for the mystic. It's an energy-infused line focused on the Norse and Greek goddesses. That sounds luscious. She is also the owner and founder of the Conscious Collective, Spiritual Resources for the Modern World. They have a group of professionally trained spiritual healers in various lanes of work who harmonize our messages into teamwork collaborations, as well as being a good source for seekers. And I've seen that website. It's, it should be a a really rich resource for you to check out. Welcome. Thank you. Chelsea. Happy to be here this morning. I'm so happy to have you. So I just got all excited and, you know, slid into your DMS and go, we got to talk about dreams (laughs) because it's, it's, you know, there are a lot of coaches doing a lot of things in the world, good things in the world. And I feel like dream analysis is not as widespread as it could be. And it's so rich. So tell us about who you are and how you got into dream analysis and yeah. And, and who Chelsea is. Yeah. So for me, it was definitely a personal experience first. I've always felt like I've been a dreamer or someone who has active dreams that remembers it from childhood and into my adult life. And, you know, I, they would catch my attention, but, and I would write some of them down like a diary or a journal, but I hadn't really focused on like analyzing it or trying to understand how to interpret them until like about six years ago. And it was kind of aligning with my like, awakening. So my first book of the series is my experience poetically going through not only my own dream analysis, but subconscious and conscious conversation or internal dialogue with myself, kind of going through that. And it was the idea that my dreams were a big part of assisting me through my own awakening, Mm. creating self-awareness, really doing a huge self-discovery, cleaning out, you know, the subconscious aspects. And so I noticed when I was keeping a more detailed journal that it really showed this very large image of who I am Mm-hmm. on a very symbolic level or through the subconscious. And, you know, a lot of it felt foreign or, you know, and it was just very different. So when you're mm-hmm. seeing yourself like that, it's, you know, it gets very interesting in your, so that really got my attention and I really started diving into it more and started doing a lot of like self-study and just trying to logically understand what I was experiencing, what was going on, like not just in my daytime, but in the dreams as well. So from there, I started doing the certifications. I did the life coaching first, and then I started doing the niche of the dream analysis, which I still 
you know, I'm in my first year. So I always say I'm still very much, you know, a teacher and a student. And, you know, I, I love it. It's, I'm very passionate about it at this point. And being able to create the space for other people has been like very rewarding and mm-hmm. interesting at the same time, because when we analyze our own dreams, we get so used to like our, per- our perception and emotional connection to the symbolism. But when you start seeing it on a large mass collective scale almost or with the other individuals, mm-hmm. um, it's just very beautiful seeing how each client's a little unique and what they get from that. I always say, like, I can't consciously say what the sessions are going to be about because the subconsciousness always picks. And it's just been very beautiful. So it definitely started out as a personal experience and then evolving into choosing to do it as a career, basically, and diving into it for other people. Beautiful. How would you, and before we get deeper into dreams, I do want to mention that she's also, you're also the author of Living Life Metaphorically, A Journal to Waking Up, which is a a collection of poetry. And you told me before we, before we went on the air, the first one is published. The second one is coming, but you said basically Mm -hmm. they're all already written. Yeah. And they're just, it's just a matter of bringing them into the world, which is amazing. That's a, that's a lot of poetry. Yeah, I'm very creative. So it was very therapeutical and organic and beautiful. Yeah. Do you do you are the is the poetry tied to the dream work? Yeah. Yeah, it is. They're kind of different releases where like I don't analyze my dreams in the book. I just write them down and let the reader kind of experience it through their own symbolic mm-hmm. understanding or what they would get from it. So I think it makes it a little more unique because yes, it's about me, but I think it also makes it relatable to the reader in that way too. So they kind of get this experience throughout the, the works and stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. It's how, how would different. you describe to, let's say a, a client sitting in front of you, who's, who really doesn't understand the depth available in dream analysis about what, about what the, what the dreams bring and, and symbolism and, and how to work with them. Yeah. So a lot of the people that I do end up doing consultations with, they have a pretty big curiosity already for their dreams because it's been getting their attention enough to want to create the space for it. But like, I love teaching that, you know, like there is no right or wrong way, really. I feel like when it comes to dream analysis, there's so many different techniques. So it's, you know, I do just let them know about how it's a self-discovery. But when it comes to symbolism, I always say, you know, try to avoid looking on the internet and exterior mm. information on it and just notice your emotional connection and how it makes you feel um, and what maybe comes to mind when you're experiencing that symbol with the emotion and within, and within the context of the dream. So usually say write down, like, so if I do the sessions with someone and they want to commit to it, I always ask that they keep a journal and they try to write as much as they remember I've even suggested maybe meditating a little bit in the mornings and see what comes up. If you like lean into like maybe how the dream felt or made you feel without maybe remembering too much details, you could try to trigger some more memory with it, but write down as much as you can. Maybe like, you know, it could be like a diary at the same time because I think everything comes into play with our dreams. Mm -hmm. So like we usually ask them to write how they felt about the dream or if there was an emotional progression throughout it, you know, like take notes on that. I also, so, and we do a lot of stuff. So between the context of the dreams and writing it all out, having how it emotionally made you feel. And if we talk about a lot of daytime stuff too, to see if there's anything during the day that might be triggering some of those 
things, which there is a lot of that. But at the end of the day, we end up kind of tracking different patterns and voices. So that's where I use the internal family system part, Mm. where it's kind of psychoanalyzing yourself into different parts Mm -hmm. or voices and how like the subconsciousness has a lot of internal dialogue. So if you start to notice, like as an example, I've got one client whose internal family system has color-coded itself through symbolism. Wow. Yeah. So like if it's his feminine nature, it'll show up red. If it's his masculine side or the ego parts, it'll be blue. He has his intuition. His soul shows up as purple. His intuition usually shows itself as a phoenix or something along that terms. That's fascinating. Uh, How handy. Yeah, it is. And so I always say like, you know, I feel like when we create space for this part of ourselves, like our subconsciousness, it really gets organized with how it wants to communicate back. It's really interesting. It's almost like it knows you're listening. So it feels free to communicate more. Yeah. It is like an internal dialogue a little bit. So it's a lot of fun. Like we have the inner child comes up a lot too. And, you know, like dreams can get really deep rooted with stuff, things that we thought we've forgotten or we were over or weren't emotionally upset about maybe, but it still seems to be lingering in the subconsciousness in various Mm -hmm. ways. So we'll see that a lot with like the inner child and how it progresses throughout phases symbolically into like their adult life or how it's being represented today without Mm -hmm. them even being aware. Um, So like I always explain to people that your consciously can only focus on a small percentage of what's going on around you, right? Mm -hmm. And your subconsciousness is absorbing all the details all the time. So it's, you know, so it's just, it's interesting how the brain works in that concept. It's like, you know, it's all in the file cabinet, basically. It's just... Are we consciously, you know, shining light on it a little bit? Yeah, it's like finding finding the keys or the alleyways to really find what some of those files that are buried deep. Mm -hmm. I had never thought about connecting the internal family systems with the dream world, but I think that makes a lot of sense to use it as a framework to understand some of the the characters that show up in the dream. That's really cool. Yeah. Can you help help us distinguish between certain types of dreams? Like I've you know I've got the dreams that are replaying with different scenarios of of the waking life, and then the dreams that seem so fantastical they they don't have any context, you know, seemingly. And then we have some that might have, you know, these themes that everybody dreams about that that are across cultures, and you know, with yeah. what Jung would call the collective unconscious. Can you kind of break down? what some of those types of dreams are? So I kind of come up with my own way of kind of talking about it with my clients. So I came up with two main categories, Mm -hmm. metaphorical, which would be like your internal and emotional aspects, your daytime processing and everything that's like in your house. Mm -hmm. And then I would say anything, the next category would be like metaphysical. So I have metaphorical and metaphysical. The metaphysical ones tend to have a lot more of the mass collective Mm-hmm. More of the archetypes would come into play, I would suggest in that like category. And then, you know, even for those who are like spiritualistic or felt like, you know, they had seen a past loved one maybe, or, you know, experienced something consciously outside of themselves, I would put in the metaphysical category still, even though it may not be fully labeled metaphysical, but mm-hmm. it's basically one is within yourself and then the other one be experiencing something outside of yourself. Interesting. Um, okay. 
there's I, I was I thought it was cute. <laughs> yeah, I I love that. I mean, it's 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 helpful. It's really helpful to give people a way to to think about them. I also have these in some traditions. They have, well, you could either call them big dreams or guidance dreams, or I, I call them medicine dreams that that just like are so impactful. Yeah, and, and offer vision and guidance for for your life. I always laugh at my my dream language. I guess you would say the with the way the subconscious talks to me because it's it's frequently very literal. <laughs> like it's uh, it's like writing on the wall, or it's you know I I don't even have to really even say it aloud. I was like, oh, that's just so obvious. <laughs> apparently i need things to be that obvious no some not everything's that obvious but that's nice uh, yeah yeah and i i didn't used to dream about family members now i dream about them all the time my cats are in my dreams my other animals it's i don't know it gets kind of i guess it's getting kind of busy in my <laughs> in my, in my dream world these days so how how would you help people understand how to work with their dreams you said you were talking about journaling and meditating but you also said don't don't Google it, which is what everybody would do. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I dreamed about this, but so how how might I guess my question is how might they, what can they use to help interpret what dream subjects are what what their dreams are telling them? Yeah, I mean, so if I always I've never used a dream dictionary. I know it goes mostly off like the mass collective definition, mm-hmm. which I know everyone would be still have. Like, it's a good way to stir the pot and maybe get thinking about symbolism in a different way. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I we're working with the individual person right. and their symbolic language. So it's going to be very different, like a thumbprint. Everyone's going to be unique. So I'm, I usually, I, so when I do my sessions with them, I kind of teach them a bit and then they go home and they're able to kind of take some of that with them. And I, you know, I've had some clients who've been with me for almost a year and he's pretty good at reading his own dreams. Now we just go for the coaching aspects and mm-hmm. like digging deeper and helping with some of the hard parts. But what we do is we'll sit down and I will analyze the dreams. I like to have a hard copy or a digital copy of their journal. That way I can kind of see the symbolism through my ears, my eyes, and like mm-hmm. kind of it's, you know, different perspective. I always pick up on different things when I'm hearing it and then when I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through and I'll just start breaking it down. And I never really look at just one dream. I look at a whole cluster of dreams because I I personally think dreams work as like puzzle pieces that make a very large picture. Mm -hmm. So when you zoom out and you look at the whole of the dreams, you'll see the patterns, the flow of messages, how the symbolism is being used. It's not always going to be, it's never really black and white or as consistent in a pattern. It'll switch things up, but it'll have a certain flavor or certain signature with it that you're like, oh, I've had this before. And then you'll start seeing it within the context too. So I go through and I'll just pick out some of the main main points and just show it how it had the energy flow of meaning between the one dream and then the cluster of dreams. And then I'll go through and I'll talk about like some of the progression of the symbolism as well and try to just like I, I I do it over and over again and I talk about it as I do it to get them to kind of see what I'm doing yeah. and also be able to do the same thing. Um, I don't know. Are you familiar with tarot cards by chance? Or? Yes. 
Okay. I think dreams has a similar energy flow like the cards mm-hmm. do. So when you're able to point out the main symbolic, you know, p- pieces of that dream or the cluster of dreams, then you could sit there and see how they would flow together mm-hmm. in like an energetic communication level. So it's, yeah, uh, they're very similar the way they've. Yeah. Flow. And it sounds like you're building, you're building the vocabulary, you're building the dictionary for this person and how the symbolism works for their subconscious. How they yeah. can interpret it—that's really, really amazing. I, I would I encourage anyone who's interested in dream analysis to look into it because it, it becomes just adds this a layer of richness to your life that you may not have access to otherwise. Right? Yeah. Your own, your own it's beingness. Be- it's beautiful. I've had dreams where I am talking to myself at the end of my bed, and I'm. I don't know if it would be, I I do feel like this is a more perfected version of myself. So it's this idea, Mm -hmm. maybe like a higher self or something, Mm -hmm. right? But like I've many times have sat in dreams and talked to myself or found inner wisdom and guidance from myself, you know, and it's just beautiful to know that you have this inner compass that does represent itself even in sleep. And it's, you know, you're able to be there and support for yourself and find some really good inner wisdom and Things that were huge in for your life, you know. And yeah. So yeah. It, how, how yeah. would you address like highly negative dreams, potent negative dreams, or even nightmares? And a lot of people yeah. have those as well. You know, shockingly, I haven't come across too many people with them yet, like at least in my client sessions. But I think that there's a lot that goes along with nightmares. So at that point, I would probably want to not just take the context of the dream and analyze it, but really go into what's going on in their daytime. That would be triggering that. I do think like a popular dreams, nightmares are popular. I I do get a lot of like anxiety and stress dreams. Mm -hmm. And those ones are not as scary, but they're odd. Like maybe your teeth are falling out or, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're losing your hair. There's something of value that's, you know, like you can't control. It's just losing it kind of. So I've seen a lot of those are getting lost in a parking lot or getting lost in a mall. Those would be more like confusion dreams or feeling flustered maybe in life or your day. Um, and yeah, I've never had the teeth falling out thing. That's never been a, a metaphor for me, but I've definitely had the the recurring dream for me. And sometimes it's a different scenario, but it's like I'm in a conference center or a hotel with a big group of people for a conference and everybody knows what's going on except me. <laughs> so I to figure out, you know, just a little bit of anxiety there. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's real fun. Like, oh, here we are again. <laughs> You're like, okay, what's going on? Why do I keep having these dreams? Yeah, it's yeah. like they nice if they just wrote it on the wall. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just make it make it easier, please. Send me an um, email. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, so you you started working with your dreams, and you say it, it informed your own personal. You know, awakening and transformation. Have you always been a writer? I mean, what really impelled compelled you? I know, and maybe you're journaling to put together a, a book of your musings and your dream analysis and poetry. Well, it did not. I did not intend it to be a book at first. So I was just writing, and I've always been a writer, but I probably didn't write for like a decade and through the awakening experience and just kind of hitting this plateau of needing to explode out of myself and release and be more authentic and soulful, Mm. really. It just, at that time I was going through a lot of depression too. So it was this moment of just 
ahas and, you know, it just vibrated it out like crazy. But so those writings were originally just me talking to myself and expressing. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with any of it. A book had not crossed my mind until I was about halfway through the first one. And then I realized as I was looking at it, it was a book. And then, so I took all my dreams from my journal and I took a good portion of those and added it to it to have a flow of progression. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So you've got like maybe a dream and then what you're journaling about at the same time and how they're connected. Yeah. So if you think about it, one would be more of the daytime expressions. The mm-hmm. other one's the nighttime expressions. <laughs> wow. But it flows nicely. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, at what, if anything... Are you comfortable sharing about what your particular awakening looked like? If, you know, whatever might be helpful for people to go, oh, yeah, I kind of was in that situation or I remember feeling that. Yeah. So for me, the tipping point was a couple things. At first, I w- had been struggling with depression for a good portion of my life. And I, re- you know, I have two small kids. So at that time, it was just a lot. And I was trying to reinvent myself. I was investing in some business. And so I realized I was hitting a wall with the depression and self-development and being able to just be the person that I wanted to be or envision. And it was kind of this huge moment of, I can't be depressed anymore. I can't live like this anymore. It needs, mm. You know, something has to change. And I really didn't know where to go or look or how to even do any of that at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the dreams were already getting my attention because I had, they were getting very aggressive during that time because mm-hmm. of my emotions during the day and all that. It was definitely representing itself at night. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably some of the first stuff that was getting my attention. And then I had I was having some like out-of-body experiences at night and just very odd dreams that were also catching my attention more on a spiritual level. And uh, then different parts or my internal family system was speaking up and they were all like kind of presenting themselves to me in a very like, this is my masculine side. And he was there in support and trying to show me messages. Right. And then I had my higher self was trying to help guide me or talk with me. And, you know, I had my inner child, like it was just all really coming out. And so it was kind of this like exploding moment in internally and trying to bring it out physically. So when I have to say whatever it was internally that was seeking to come out exploded a little bit. I remember at the time I used a lot of Joe Dispenza's work Mm -hmm. and that was huge with helping me do the 180 with depression. It took about a year, but like I really. No, um, that's actually remarkable. Yeah, I, it was amazing. I had a counselor at the time, but I really felt like she just used the sessions for venting and it wasn't having a lot of structure to like move away from that. (laughs) So for me, it was Joe Dispenza. Then I decided to get, then I decided I really loved a lot of the mental health stuff. So I started diving into like the life coaching niches Mm -hmm. and that, you know, there's a lot of like self-application through those programs. So I really enjoyed doing all of that. And then it, like, I mean, at that time, I was also having the spiritual stuff. So it was just this mind, body, and soul moments of tweaking each one, trying to keep them together. And I do think it was messy at times. And like I've always was very focused on my subconscious. And I found it fascinating. And so like if I were having a moment where something would come out from under the rug and like kind of shock me with my behavior or be like, oh, what was that emotion? Or why was I feeling that way? And you know, it always it turned into a really great way to shadow work too, because 
Mm-hmm. I would recognize when something would come out from under the rug, let's say, and then I would have to address it, which that took a couple of years to really get a lot of like the main stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. it was just a beautiful process. You know, it's allowing myself to be human, to feel the emotions, let some of them come up and feel them again. So I knew how to move forward with it, you know, and I was also trying to be an entrepreneur still. I've always been so like having kids at home, trying to work from home, trying to work on the mind, body, and soul. Just it was a, a very things. crazy, yeah, it was a crazy time. But, you know, it's been a good couple of years now and it's just beautiful. And then I look back on it, you know, I had to be a little chaotic to iron out the wrinkles and stuff. And Well, it, 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 it sounds very familiar, very familiar. <laughs> I've, I've been there. You know, my awakening was chaotic as well. And I just, I know there are people out there whose awakening is maybe may not be as compelling where your soul and it is just like gets louder and louder and louder until you can't help but do something with it and you have to allow you know your existing life to to fall apart so you can reform into something that's more authentic i'm sure there are people who for whom it's a little easier but i was like you it was like i somebody called me a runaway freight train because once i once I gave myself permission to say, wait a minute, you know, what's the way I'm living isn't actually true to me. And I'm not really, you know, aware of what's happening inside me and honoring that. And, you know, what did you use the word explosive? Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, hopefully by our examples, people have a little bit more gentle awakening of, oh, yes, let me pay attention to my or my dreams or my soul and these messages and yeah. find 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 that path that is is for me. I was going to say also that your dreams it sounds like it sounds like to me your dreams saved you. Really, just getting loud enough until you you were listening. Yeah, they were. That's why one of the, my favorite things to say about my dreams is, and I did a little podcast on this a couple months ago with my girls, but it was when dreams wake you up, or when your dreams wake you up. And it's the idea of self-awareness, you know, activating more awareness just throughout. But it was a very spiritualistic experience, too. And, you know, it's just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Do you when ever you work with, like, like, dreaming during the day or lucid dreaming or or what you would call the act of imagination, like purposefully going into dream states? I do it a lot myself. I have not really introduced it too much in the sessions, but I do, I will talk about it because I think there is a lot to it. And I love imagination and I kind of use it in various ways now, but I do use it as a form of meditating. That's why when I write my, my, my poetry stuff, it feels very much like that space too, because it's, it is a meditative and a lot of things I'm talking about is like meditative states and exploring mm. the universe through imagination and philosophy and concepts. And so it's, I do love imagination a lot and I won't get too much into it, but I think there's a lot to it. And I think it's sometimes underplayed or not given enough attention. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree. I think we have a lot more power to combine the, the subconscious with our imagination than we realize. Oh, yeah. I know like people will talk about manifesting. Your imagination is a huge one with that. And just being able to have like sensories and to experience something through imagination kind of brings it more to life or into your reality even. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like I used to sit there, I played the violin when I was younger and I never would practice. So I'd sit there before my session sometimes and in my imagination, I'd be practicing and doing the key, you know, like mm-hmm. practicing over and over again to where when I physically would go play it, yeah, I did pretty good actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my instructor still noticed. He's like, you, you did it right. He's like, but I feel like you didn't really practice. <laughs> I'm like I did, and in my imagination, <laughs> like it's like visualization cheating or something, <laughs> right? I'll have to remember that. Yeah, I play piano, but I, I, I'm not sure I ever thought of doing that when I was taking piano. I was um, bad at piano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad too. I am too, but you know, I enjoy it. So there's that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, let's talk about the fullness of your life. You are an entrepreneur as well. Tell us what forms that has has taken. And currently it's the Conscious Collective as well as your coaching. Yeah. So I've got a few things I have. So before I got into where I'm at now, I was doing wholesale and distribution. And I was like a middleman for a bunch of different warehouses. Um, So I've always been kind of independent in that space, but I didn't want the sales part so much. Mm -hmm. So switching into what I'm doing now is definitely more of like a soul calling and, you know, more of a passionate thing. Like I would never get burnt out. But so I've got the dream analysis. I also invested in the Fish London jewelry line about five years ago. And I'm the owner of that at the moment. And that's where we designed it to have the natural stones more spiritualistic, you know, like the energy infusion with some Mm -hmm. of the goddesses and just really making it something more than just a bracelet. So I've got the Fish London, Dream Analysis. I'm an author or the amateur author at the moment still, but, and I feel like I'm missing something. Oh yeah. And the Conscious Collective, which is more of, I don't know, we, we all put our energy into it for free and help build it as a very large funnel system and something that you know, we, what we put in, we get back out type of thing. So it's definitely more collaborated now at this point. But yeah, they all kind of, everything flows a little bit with the spirituality, self-awareness, self-development themes. So it's, yeah, I think I've found my niche a little bit now and just spreading out yeah. and, every, and what I love. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's, you know, what what do all these things have in common? You. Yeah. Right, right. That I, I have my my hands in several different pots as well. And it's taken a while to discover, okay, the the thread, the common thread here is me and and you know, and making them reflect and infusing them with with my own energy. Yeah. That sounds like a lot for you to balance. It has or manage. Been. I mean it's balance is a debatable word, but yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, but I've learned my own way to develop on how I work. I call it a very holistic kind. You know, I'm very holistic with the way I work. I'm not trying to put in 40 hours to keep a strict schedule. There's, I I do things very, I'm an ADHD, so I do things very differently in Chelsea, like, and it works pretty well. 
And I love to keep things as simple as possible. So that's just something I've been doing this last year, especially as my kids are getting older and trying to not be having to work all the time. So I'm really got it down to a certain level of a system where it's less is more. And I'm trying to really perfect certain skills where it still holds a big result with me not having to sit at my laptop 40 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear you <laughs> because it's a, a, a lot of my <clears throat> passions are technological. And then I find myself in front of a computer hours and hours a day. And, you know, so it's, it's definitely a work in progress to find ways to break that up. So it's, you're actually out there living life as well. Yes. It's important. <laughs> so what's kind of a curveball question. What's exciting you right now? What's, what's on your plate that's really driving you? Well, I've been working with a coach, a transformation coach since September. He's really great. And he's been helping me reconstruct my businesses basically to have better performance. So I've been very excited about that because I feel like in 2023, it was a year of building a little bit and starting new with some of these projects and just leaving room for them to evolve. And also in my personal life, it kind of felt like I was losing everything that wasn't supposed to stay with me mm -hmm. in the next phase. So I do feel like 2024 has like really good energy of just taking what I currently have that's meant to be in my life and building it into something uh, way more exciting. So I've been very focused on all of my little things and just reconstructing them in a very different light and giving myself a different perspective on how to approach like my work and stuff. So it's, it's a bit, it's been a big pivot. So I'm very excited about a lot of the projects I'm working on and I feel like it's, uh, it's getting to a fun point where I'm not rebuilding it anymore, but now mm -hmm. I'm actually like, okay, it's almost ready. Now it's the fun part of letting it kind of take off. And yeah, I'm very excited about this. Cool. It sounds like you're in the flow. Yeah, it's good. I love being in the flow. It's, you know, it's bouncy sometimes. <laughs> All us ADHD years. Need to find that flow. So that's, that's where we, we thrive for sure. That is very true. Yes. I, I do want to talk about the jewelry. Tell us a little bit more about that. And and do you ever use that in conjunction with the dream work? Like the energy separate? work or yeah. like the for yourself? Probably not as much as I could. I just started in like this last month. So I was struggling with the jewelry for a while because I was so much more interested in everything else I was doing. The jewelry was kind of like my least favorite for a minute, but I kept getting, so I have a lot of friends who were, you know, various spiritually talented in various ways. And so a couple of them had reached out to me at one point, just individually. And we're like, oh, you should, you know, really think about doing something different with the jewelry and stuff. And then one night after I was talking, having a conversation with my friend Olga, who does the shamanic healing practitioners, she does a lot of energy work. And I've been learning from her a little bit. So she basically taught me and was helping guide me through how to like do more energy infusion. And at the time it was very like, I wasn't sure what I was going to do yet. So I remember that night I spent like an hour meditating and um, just like talking with my guides a little bit and trying to figure out what I needed to shake up, to do something very different with the jewelry. And I remember 
I've been reading Norse mythology. So Freya kept coming up in my mm-hmm. meditation. <laughs> and I like kind of tapped into that. And this it, it led to a very beautiful internal lesson of embodying certain feminine attributes of myself, you know, like your inner goddess and, you know, and trying to allow that space within myself. But then I realized that it was very much going to be a part of the jewelry line too. So I started doing the energy infusion with the stones with a different goddess. And now I just actually finished doing all of that work. But it was it's been a lot of fun, like meditating, kind of tapping in a little bit, using, you know, your imagination and all this stuff. And I have not really done a lot of energy work in my session, but I do feel like maybe there's always room for a Mm-hmm. for it to evolve. So at this point, I do feel like when something kind of has this aha moment for me that I'll be like, oh, I'm I'm still going to do that and bring it in in a creative way. So I, I do think I there is that. a lot of intuition though um, yeah. with the whole symbolism part because I don't know, sometimes I just get this like intuitional vibe that there's something, some, something going on with the dream and working on it, you know, but it's trying to connect the dots analytically and to see it. And sometimes the intuition, I'm just like, you know, I'm really thinking it's something like this. And as soon as I voice it, the client's usually like, oh my God, there was this thing and blah, blah, blah. And it, yeah. So it ties in. Well, that raises a really interesting question around how do you see the intersection of dreams and intuition? I think they're probably closely related because if you wanted to call intuition i'm not sure where it necessarily exists in your body right but it does seem like that if the subconsciousness is picking up on everything and problem solving and having its own relationship with experiences then it would pick up on things way before we consciously would be aware of it which could be an intuitional kick just from the program itself i feel like but then i do think when we look at intuition like I know people are clairvoyant and have like special abilities. I think that would be slightly different. Maybe not so much intuition, but it's something slightly different. But my understanding, it's clearing the slate from your own conscious thinking and thoughts and allowing something to come up that doesn't belong to you or to listen for a voice or a symbolic message. But you know, it's very interesting, all of it is. And it is. I don't know that we could actually really nail down, you know, what it is and the box. Because they don't. They don't fit into neat little boxes, as our ego yeah. would like. But but I love the idea of, of how how they're related. I feel like they are they are intricately, intrinsically connected. Yeah, it's very. They're very similar, and it's. I don't know, and I. You know, I do think. With today's, you know, science, the current science of today, I think there's a lot of really good studies and things going on with the dreams in the subconscious. So I'm always kind of, I'm curious to see what, you know, comes up even in the future, the next like 10 years of what all this study and stuff will actually show. I think people have their own personal, like intuitive thought on it a little bit through their, if they have their own personal experiences. But I don't know, it'd be really nice to see because I've I've been kind of keeping an eye on some of that stuff and it's oh, it's exciting, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think dreams are just gonna start getting more popular, you know. Eventually they're gonna scream at you enough, you're gonna That's have to right. pay attention. <laughs> you're gonna have to listen. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and then they'll they'll come to you to help them analyze it, figure out, yeah. you know, 
figure out what the messages are. Oh, it's beautiful. What's the biggest piece of wisdom through this whole process for yourself that that you've had the, this piece of wisdom that's dropped into your lap that's really helped guide you through all these all this this evolution of your life? Yeah. I don't know. That's like, there's so many. I'll go off of more current stuff. For one, trusting the process and just knowing that it's never about the destination. It really is the journey. And there is no, like, I think people focus on the end result so much that they really just need to allow room to be mindful now to try, you know, explore the journey and let it just do what it does. And to find beauty in that. And to also leave room for you to be human and to make the to experience life. I think we limit ourselves a lot. And I think if we just relax and trust the process and just explore the moment of now and all that, it really, it, it's like magic. It changes everything. It is magic. I completely agree. Jesse, how can people reach you, find out more about your work and connect with you? Okay. My website has basically everything on there that I work with or collaborate with. And that's ChelseaTerpentingCoxie.com. If you wanted to explore anything about my books, the dream analysis, or even the Conscious Collective, um, I have a lot of that information on there and it hyperlinks to whatever destination you'd like. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. It's a fascinating topic. And I'm thrilled that it is your calling and that you're immersed in it and really helping people with with their own awakening, you know, through the dream dream work in the dream world i think it's just really valuable yeah for all of us thank you yeah thank you for having me i love the i loved having the conversation well thank you so much for everyone for being here with us today if you enjoy this podcast please like and subscribe it helps me it helps chelsea it helps all our guests just really connect with all the people who enjoy what we do um, you can find out more about me at thewomensanctuary.com. Um, and I will just add a footnote here. I am thrilled to be a part of the mindbodyspirit.fm family. That's new for us for 2024. So you can visit their website to find out more about uh, my podcast and all the others that they they offer. So thank you so much for joining us. We will see you here again next time on The Women's Sanctuary. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.